You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Two episodes in one week, huh? I know, it's crazy. My apologies for not putting out an episode this past Friday, guys. Uh, but thank you to all of you who listened to this special edition of episode of uh, Not Another Wrestling Podcast today on Monday with my good friend Dylan from the Making Kayfabe Podcast. We talked about the life, well, life, the career of Mrs. Foley's baby boy, Mick Foley. Go check that out. We put that out this past Monday right here on any of your favorite podcast platforms. But today we're going to be going over a lot of the news that had happened in the past uh, few days uh, from last week to uh, just a few things that have happened this week in the past few, uh, past few days of this week. And uh, I'll be closing out the show with my double or nothing predictions. So uh, the biggest breaking news that's come out today is that at the time of this recording is that WWE have released Tom Phillips. Uh, I'm going to look for the report here on Tom Phillips. Uh, he has been recently released, also the Monday Night Raw announcer, uh, but we'll get to have him in a second. So Tom Phillips, it says here, uh, Fightful is reporting that WWE has released Tom Phillips. While not announced officially that Tom Phillips has been let go, he's the latest in a string of releases affected by backstage personnel and even WWE Studios. We've reached out to WWE for confirmation, but they have yet to hear back. We aren't sure for the specific arrangement in place for his departure. Um, yeah, he's been gone for a while. Uh, Phillips was the lead-by-play commentator, it says here on, on this article I'm reading, on Raw before Adnan Verkt who replaced him, Adnan Vark recently was released from WWE. Uh, less than two months ago, Samoa Joe was released, Pat McAfee was hired, and Phillips was demoted to 205 Live as a part of the commentary team shakeup. WWE somehow hired Vert without realizing that they uh, he was not ready to handle the job. No shit, he was awful. He was then let go earlier this week. Vert was the latest of the seven, uh, lasted a total of seven episodes of Raw. Um, you know, for some reason, I don't know why they they just they decided to get rid of Tom Phillips on Raw. He was doing just fine. He was he was doing fantastic. Even I, I think Tom Phillips is a great play by play commentator. Um, I always enjoyed his work, whether he was in NXT, uh, SmackDown, or Raw, wherever he is. I always enjoyed Tom Phillips, and I felt like Tom Phillips brought uh, great energy when he was doing play by play commentary. Um. Hope to see him show up again in some capacity in, in somewhere in wrestling. I really do enjoy his work, and I hope he uh, I, I hope he finds something that'll work for him. Really, Tom Phillips is not the only one of these released wrestlers slash employees. Uh, we'll get to the list of uh, wrestlers who were recently released uh, in the past few weeks or so. So Adnan Vert was also another one of these releases by WWE. Uh, we'll get to the really big one in a few minutes. Just uh, bear with me here. I just want to get myself ready, have this list in front of me, so you guys know that I know what the fuck I'm talking about these days, you know? Uh, I know that Alexander Wolf was one of these wrestlers. Uh, he was on mainly NXT UK. Uh, I wasn't aware that he had just decided to just fucking leave. Uh, he's Left. I mean, they weren't really doing too much with him, I guess. In uh, in NXT, I mean, he was in a storyline with with uh, Big Demo uh, with, with 
uh, I, I almost said Damian Priest, um, Killian Dane. And I found that very, very strange that they just kind of released him like out of nowhere almost. Um, along with Alexander Wolf, we have here Vanessa Bourne and Jessamine Duke amongst those of the very others who were released from WWE. Um, but the big one that came out, and I will spend a good amount of time talking about this, is Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream uh, was released via, uh, according to Fightful. Um, we've talked about Velveteen Dream before on the podcast for many different reasons. Um, <clears throat> and it was a, last year he had said, well, not he had said, but last year he was, um, he had um, gotten into some trouble, as we all know. Um, he was accused of sending inappropriate pictures to minors uh, and alleged, uh, I believe, grooming. And it w looked pretty bad for Velveteen Dream. The story, uh, for those of you who don't remember or don't want to remember, the story pretty much was is that Velveteen Dream, um, he, had he had denied the claims on Twitter at first. He was going to a private investigation into going and to find out what is wrong, saying that the, private picture, that the picture was his, but it was for, for his private life. And it was not meant to be shared that way. Um, so he was, uh, his uh, things kind of leaked out again during the speaking out movement. And <clears throat> it didn't look good for him. He was still prominently being used on TV. Uh, Triple H had said mainly he's off TV because of a car crash. They looked into their investigation and they saw nothing of it. But he was getting a lot of backlash from fans. Um I remember this all happening, and I had spoken about this before. That um, had these things, you know, come to fruition and they're they're true, then Velveteen Dream should absolutely be fucking released, fired. He's a dirty fucking asshole, piece of shit, who should definitely get what's his. But the big thing is that nobody went to the police about this, and there were no, um, there was nothing there. So. Velveteen Dream have, had recently released a statement, and I will try to get through this as uh, much as I can. Um, he claims, says, the allegations from April 2020 have effectively derailed any upward momentum I had professionally and has un ultimately resulted in my termination with WWE. My name is Patrick Clark, not the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream is a character that I have spent years devoting and trying to bring to life. The success of the Dream character re uh, relied heavily on kayfabe by ability to blur Patrick Clark from Tough Enough with this over-the-top personality. The character was conceptualized the day Prince passed, April 21st, 2016. I knew nothing about him at the time, but my thinking was that I could use this interpretation of Prince to create an on-screen personality vastly different from who I am as a person. Q Velveteen Dream, a sexually ambitious, gender-fluid, self-absorbed diva. And as I learned more about Prince, I began to tame the certain aspects of the character. Aspects that I deemed way too over-the-top and inconsistent with who Prince was as a performer. Now, before I unpack, I will say I've enjoyed the many stories that I've been able to share on camera and grateful to the many people who trusted me with their safety and wellness. Thank you to any and everybody who enjoyed and allowed me to be my character, whether you paid a ticket to walk up to me in the Walmart. My goal was to provide you with the same escape that I offered when I was first started watching. I'm going to skip a little bit through this because it's giving thanks, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
Here he goes and says, The night of April 20th from my verified Instagram account, I posted a story of my followers letting them know that my DMs have had been open. I received a few different messages ranging from support to heckling and some inquiring about how to get started in pro wrestling. I responded to a few, but but not all. And of the few, I was responding to one account accused me of soliciting. The account belonged to a 17-year-old aspiring wrestler, Jacob, before he deleted it. In the conversation, Jacob shared his interest in working as a wrestler one day and asked what steps would be required. I messaged a short list of things he consider if he was serious, physique and promo, and start uh, physique and promo to start physique because as an independent contractor no one is going to make you train and eat in the way he creates the athletic of believable pro wrestler and promo because your our job is to sell drama and you can rely on some of the attention looking into the camera with a strong and a passionate 30 second monologue i also inquired which schools he was close to retain wrestling which is weight and height jacob explained how anxious he was he felt messaging me and asked to verify me if it really me i did find this strange because i have a blue check but as a lifelong fan i remember meet and greets and the days i would message hope i would message wrestlers hoping to be seen so i chalked it up with an innocent and sent my voice velveteen dream the velveteen dream voice as to keep kayfabe the full voice message has been asking me about jacob's height his weight and where he trained and what school he attended which Jacob answered back in his voice message and continued to answer his questions until I politely wrapped up the conversation. April 21st, I woke up to notifications and tags and created screenshots and videos of a conversation that that I didn't have with Jacob. I immediately contacted WB's talent relations and social media departments that begin an investigation. Even after the investigation, WB released a statement maintaining my innocence. The part that hurt me was having professional picture that I've used in my personal life on apps being used to label me as a predator. I am no way the wor- in the world no way of the world a predator. This is the first and only time I've been accused of any soliciting to anyone. Until I was accused of grooming, Joshua Fuller, unlike Jacob, I know Josh. I met him in my stint in Tough Enough at a, at a meet and greet. Going here, this is another accusation here. I, I'm probably boring you, you guys with a lot of this stuff. Skip through here. Josh matches in blue and minor and gray. Josh claimed that he was a 16-year-old high school graduate and takes quote-unquote quote, yearly trips with his friend to Florida, uh, to Orlando. I doubt that he told me. I kept replying diplomatically, uh, replies diplomatic and professional the reality of the situation is that i was very helpful and respectful to josh josh lives with his grandparents lived with his, lives with his grandparents in southern maryland josh got concussed in 2017 and against my advice ins- insisted on wrestling my worry came for josh for several injuring himself um severely injuring himself specifically his brain i suggested he take some time off to see a doctor he didn't he declined because he believed he could work through the concussion and cut communications with him 2018 because i didn't uh, partially responsible for worsened his worsened injury, so I have to accuse. So to have him accuse me of pre, uh, of predator predatory behavior because I have chose not to help was spiteful. Josh and Jacob are two of many people that I have helped. Yet these are the only two who have found me to be malicious and predator, and goes and I go helping others. What wasn't shared with me at the time? So there's a few things. Pretty much the whole thing of this whole statement dream, uh, Velveteen Dream, or now Patrick Clark put out, pretty much saying that it's these allegations are the reasons as to why he was released. He's saying this is the reason why he was released, where uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, there's other reasons that he had been released. Um, the reasoning for it. 
Uh, let's just see. We can try and pull up the other things here. Um, Velveteen Dream had also had backstage heat of uh, of being unprofessional. Uh, apparently, there 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 was a a certain uh, person. I'm trying to get this guy's name. Trying to find his name here. Ah, here we go. So I have here up from Sports Kita, uh, the reasoning. Uh, last week, WWE re uh, released WWE, uh, Velveteen Dream from his contract. The WWE Universe assumed it was due to the accusations made against him last year during the hashtag speaking out movement, but it appears that that might not be the case. According to Brian Alvarez today on Wrestling Observer Live, it appears that the, the Dream's backstage attitude demeanor might have been for real reasons for his release. So this is the quote from Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer. He says, the thing that I heard over and over again, besides the fact that he kept disappearing, that were car accidents, and that's never good. And I don't really know what happened there, but it was a regular occurrence, said Alvarez. The thing I heard about Velveteen was he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and it had nothing to do with the accusations. What I heard over and over was that the guy... That when this guy, when he talks about his Velveteen Dream character, and he talks about blending his real life, I heard about Velveteen Dream in the same way as Shawn Michaels becoming HBK, the real life character. So, another thing here that says uh, from Rob uh, Scamberger, he was, I believe he's somebody who uh, is a graphic designer, has worked a lot with WWE, he's worked with a lot of people over the years. Uh, he put up on Twitter saying, without saying anything further... He was the single most unprofessional person I've encountered in this business. I hope this is a wake-up call he needs to start doing the emotional work to become a better person, all told. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, was Velveteen Dream released from WWE due to backstage behavior? Um, another quote from Alvarez here. Going to shows, not talking to anybody, being aloof, really rubbing people the wrong way. The point of all of this is the impression that I was given talking to people is forget the accusations. This guy was on his self, on his way to self-destruction and probably getting fired one way or the other very, very quickly. What I believe is that was largely the reason that the Velveteen Dream ended up being cut from the WWE. He's saying that the accusation, these accusations played into this. I don't know how. I don't know any more details. That's what he's saying here. But the stuff that he says about playing the character and living the character, I hear a lot about, and that was not positive. So that appears to be the reason why Velveteen Dream has been released from the WWE. Not necessarily because of these accusations that were made for him a year ago, but because of his backstage behavior and he's being very unprofessional. Um, I, I've I've kind of I've talked with this a few friends of mine here and there, just saying that if there was any legitimate legitimacy to the accusations made to him, then I feel like he would have been fired already. Um, nobody went to the police. Nobody, uh, you know, these accusers, as far as to my knowledge, they never went there. Uh, and a thorough investigation was never really made. So to me, it's all accusations and Velveteen Dream. And, and, and if WWE, if WWE thought this was a serious issue enough, they would have released Velveteen Dream right away. Look at Enzo Amore. Now, I know, I know, Enzo Amore, comparing Enzo Amore to Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream was a prospect of a guy who you thought could be the guy, and Enzo was Enzo, but 
the same time, Enzo was kind of in a similar situation, not of grooming or anything, but like he was accused of, of rape. So, but they released him. And I know different, he had backstage heat as well. The fact of the matter is, that if WWE believed there was any true, uh, like, you know, any truth to these accusations, they would have taken this seriously and Velveteen Dream would have been fired already. Now he appears to be fired because he just isn't professional. And you know what? I I guess you kind of get what you deserve sometimes. I don't know. Um, look, Velveteen Dream's been released because of his backstage behavior, not necessarily because of these accusations. If you want a Velveteen Dream to be fired, I, I guess be happy for it, but it is what it is, I guess. I don't know what's going to come with Patrick Clark, formerly the Velveteen Dream, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see how things go. Another big news story that happened was that Will Ospreay had to relinquish the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and this just hurt me so much. Not as bad as I'm sure as hurting Will Ospreay, but man... He was having a really great run with that title. He was only scratching the surface of how great his title run could be. And, yeah, he, he had to relinquish it. Um, I've heard things about people saying, you know, my good buddy Bryce over at Making Kayfabe, hey, Bryce, uh, saying that it's time to put the the title on Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, I was saying to him, I think they're going to put Shingo, uh, put the belt on Shingo, but what if they did a, a G1, the G1 climaxes for the IWGP championship and it's the winner of the tournament becomes a champion. It's a nice idea. Uh, we send our well wishes to Will Ospreay, and we hope he has a, a quick and safe recovery. You know, our thoughts are with you, uh, sex pig. <laughs> um, if you don't, you don't aware, that's what Will Ospreay calls himself. You can go look it up. So, a few other things that have been going on in the world of pro wrestling. Um, Monday Night Raw is somehow getting worse. I really don't understand how it's getting worse than it already is. So, I mean, just kind of going over some things with um, that have happened recently. So, right now, currently, Bobby Lashley is set to defend the WWE Championship against either Drew McIntyre or Kofi Kingston, and... Drew McIntyre kind of wants, he's like, I want my, I want a rematch, blah, blah, blah. And Kofi's like, well, I beat Lashley, so why should you get a match? I beat him, and that makes sense. Look, my thing with Drew is that I love Drew, as for those of you guys who know who have listened to this podcast, I love Drew McIntyre so much. I do. I, I truly love Drew McIntyre. However, he's kind of going into the territory of him being a bit of a heel and being whiny. Now, if that's the direction WWE wants to go with Drew, okay, I won't necessarily be opposed to it. But if they want him to still be a babyface, then that doesn't make him seem endearing. That doesn't make me want to cheer for Drew McIntyre. And they have this match between Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre for like 40 minutes, I believe. And, and then all of that, all that time... Just so Lashley can fucking come in and cause the DQ. What the fuck was that all about? Why'd you waste people's times and in getting invested in this match? And now, oh, now we're going to pop a rating, brother. You know, we got we to gotta get the match for next week. And Lashley can't interfere. Otherwise, he's going to be suspended for 90 days with no, with no pay. Or he is being suspended. With no, I, I don't fucking know. I really don't know. But honestly, right now, I don't want to see Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley again. 
I really don't. That's probably the direction they're going to go in, but I don't want to see it. I want to see Kofi Kingston versus Drew, uh, versus Bobby Lashley. I want Drew to move on to other things now, okay? Drew has he's been champion. He can go on and do other things because I'm telling you, Drew McIntyre is very, very... He's teetering on the borderline of Roman Reigns as a babyface in the sense that he could be around too much. You don't want to oversaturate these guys. You don't want to have a guy like Drew McIntyre who's been fucking amazing during this pandemic, who's been killing it, who's been doing a great job holding it down on Raw despite how awful the show is, and he's been doing an amazing job. Drew McIntyre is like my biggest highlight for me on Raw. However... I don't want to see him in the championship picture all the time. We have to make other stars, and that's what we're doing with Bobby Lashley. And if we could bring Kofi Kingston back to that level of stardom, please, let's fucking do it, okay? I mean, we never thought Kofi would win the championship to begin with. And personally, I don't think Kofi's going to win the championship if he is going to face Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. I don't think he's going to do that. But for fuck's sake, can we at least pretend that Kofi has a chance? Can we at least think that Kofi Kingston could face Bobby Lashley? Come on, for fuck's sake, man. I mean, who is even going to be WWE Champion by the time, you know, after Hell in a Cell rolls around? You know? And then we have Money in the Bank coming up. And then we have the biggest news I think we need to talk about, which is fans will be returning to WWE live events in July. That's correct. Fans will return in less than a couple of months. Less than a month, actually. WWE will be going, returning to at least 25 cities. Um, we have here, so far the dates we have are Friday, July 16th, SmackDown, the Toyota Center in Houston. Sunday, July 18th, Money in the Bank, the Dickies uh, Arena in Fort Worth. And July 19th, a Raw, Amer a Raw American Airlines Center in Dallas. So, fans are starting to come back. And apparently there's a waiver that you have to sign. I'm like, oh, I know with, you know, COVID and all that. It's just a similar thing that they do for WrestleMania as well. Um, this is great news that the world is kind of starting to go back to normal. Fans have been missed so much during this whole thing. Um, at least bigger capacity fans. I mean, Mania felt like Mania in a sense with fans being there. Um, I'm just glad that we finally are going to get fans to return and that real crowd interaction. I mean, I want to see people interact with Roman Reigns like they did at WrestleMania this year and just fuck with him and just, you know, let, let Roman buy into that and the heel heat he gets. You know, I, I'm just glad that's going to happen. Like, they, the, the funny thing is that they say, look, we were going to 25 cities and they ask us, where do you want us to go? They have no clue where the fuck they're going other than the first three. Um... Big reports are saying that John Cena will be returning uh, for that uh, for that live event before uh, Money in the Bank. Edge is scheduled to be returning around that time as well. Um, I don't know what Edge or John Cena could be doing. Maybe they'll face each other. Maybe they'll set up their feuds for, for SummerSlam coming up in August. Uh, personally, I would love to see Edge versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Uh, John Cena, I don't know. I, I would love to see uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns in the iteration that Roman, Re Roman Reigns is in right now. I know Reigns has already beaten him, and Reigns will beat him again if he challenges him for the Universal Championship, but that would be nice. Maybe they'll put Cena in the Money to Make ladder match. Maybe they'll put Edge in the Money to Make ladder match uh, just to gain some star power with that because I think the first thing you do, if you have fans return into the arena and if you have John Cena come in and return for, that, for a big babyface promo 
to hype the fans up. I think Cena would be the right guy to do it. Um, I would very much would love to see that. Um, personally, um, I don't know if I would go to any of these events in the States. Well, obviously not. I'm going to. I mean, I have my own life and my own job and all that stuff. But it's just it's nice to see that fans will return, that fans will come back into the arena. Um, there are a few other things that we had to get into as far as regards to Monday Night Raw. I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. But... Um, why is Raw's why is the women's division of WWE being built around Reginald? Can someone explain that to me? So Natalia and Tamina beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to retain the women's tag team titles after Reginald got blasted with fire again, apparently by Alexa Bliss. And after the match, Shayna Baszler came and said Reginald is to blame for their loss, and Shayna challenges Reginald to an intergender match next week. Why the fuck do we even have this guy still around? Why? What is the point of all this shit? What is the point of this fucking guy coming in here? And and by the way, that was the main event of Raw. Natalia and Tamina versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team titles. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Are you just actively trying to make Raw worse than it already is? Because I really think that sometimes, you know? Another thing they do is that they have Omos trying to chase after Elias. What's one thing that Omos isn't really great at? His speed. He's great at, you know, his big man strength. Sure, let's just let's just take all this shit that he's not good at and, and focus on that. Focus on what he's not good at rather than what he is good at. Are you fucking kidding me, WWE? What the hell? And Rhea Ripley apparently lost to Nikki Cross in a two-minute challenge. Uh, a, a, a beat the clock challenge. Why? Why are you having your women's champion lose to somebody who hasn't been on TV in so long? I, I oh my god, I, I, I don't get it. I, I really, really don't fucking get what you're trying to do with Rhea Ripley. With any of these people. I mean, Matt Riddle appears to be the best thing. And Randy Orton appears to be the best thing on Raw. Matt Riddle had beaten Xavier Woods with an RKO. And pointed to the camera saying, That's for you, Randy. And I think Randy said on Twitter, like, Stop using my moves. <laughs> so... RK Bro is still the best thing on Raw, and it's leaps and bounds better than anything we are seeing these days. And another thing that was really ridiculous, um, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte, well, not ridiculous, but Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte has been announced for Hell in a Cell, presumably in a Hell in a Cell match, I don't know. Charlotte beats Asuka. Um, I was ex- really expecting them, not really expecting any, any, I'm not expecting them to do anything significant with Asuka. But I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? You you really, really are building up Rhea Ripley so great. It just makes me believe that Charlotte's gonna win in Hell in a Cell, and that Rhea, I don't, I don't know what they're doing, man. I, I don't think they, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing, and it's like, you know, what I think about it. For those of you who are South Park fans, the episode when the economy was in the shit, and Stan has to keep going to all these different places to return his dad's Margaritaville, to return Randy Marsh's Margaritaville. He goes all the way to Congress, to, to Washington, D.C., and he says how, like, explains everything that he went through and everything he had to do to get there, and um, they leave the room. They leave where Stan is. They open a door. They come back out, and they say, 
so okay, we estimated your Margaritaville at five hundred thousand dollars, and stands like, um, I'm pretty sure it's way less than that. I'm pretty sure that's not what my dad bought it for. Do you want it for more? No, significantly less. So then they go back in. Stan follows them into the room. Oh, oh one of the guys is just like, oh, we, we got to, the, the oil company's like, what they do, all these congressmen are standing in front of a, of a, of a pit, and there's a board there. They take a chicken, chop off the head of the chicken, drop it in there. The chicken's running around without its head, and there's all these different selections. And then the chicken dies and lands on bailout. They bail out the oil companies and Stan just throws the fucking Margaritaville into the pit. That is what it seems like WWE is doing these days. Of Rhea Ripley. Oh, what do we have Rhea Ripley? Oh, uh, Nikki Cross is her opponent. Okay. What do we have Nikki Cross do? Cut the chicken off the head. The options are drop her out. Nikki wins the title. She lose. She does. She can't beat Nikki. Uh, Nikki Cross in two minutes. And can't beat Nikki Cross in two minutes. That's the finish. What the fuck? I wouldn't put it past him. Honestly, I really wouldn't put it past him because these guys have not known what to do with the fuck with wrestling for so long, and it just it really. It's it's beyond insulting the intelligence of the fans. It's it's beyond this at this point. It's a point where you just ask yourself, why do I bother with this shit? Why do I bother sitting down for three hours and and just insult myself for watching this garbage? Why why would I bother wasting my time doing all of this when I could be doing so many other things for three hours at a time? What the fuck am I doing with my life? That's how I imagine a lot of you listen listen to this, well, maybe this podcast and and who watch who still keep up with Raw. It's unfucking believable. I don't get what the point is of this fucking show. Like you really need to shape up your shit. Otherwise, you're really gonna repeat Nitro. It's it's amazing how SmackDown is still a great show. NXT is solid, and yet Raw is this this just awful i think of that meme where it's like the three-headed dragon where it's like the two badass dragons smackdown nxt and then the one that's all clearly the 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 slow one the slowest of the three and it's all and it says raw that's pretty much what raw is right now that's what WWE is but they're three brands smackdown i think consistently is the best nxt is solid uh and raw is horseshit it really really is it's fucking awful I, I just I just really really don't know what to do with this fucking show anymore. I really really don't. Um, but I guess we've talked about a lot about what happened this week. We've talked about a lot of things going into four WWE. Um, the rest of this podcast is going to mainly talk about AEW. At the time of this recording, AEW has not happened this week. It will be happening today when this episode is released. So unfortunately, I will not be able to bring you my thoughts and analysis on the go-home show of AEW Dynamite. But I will be giving my AEW predictions for the remainder of this podcast. So let's pull up the Double or Nothing card and let's see who we think is going to win for Double or Nothing coming this Sunday. Double or Nothing is going to be full capacity for those of you who don't remember. Um, and Jacksonville, Florida, that's going to be pretty cool to see. It's going to be about 5,500 people, 5,500 if you're unaware. <laughs> um, 
there's a lot going into this. We have uh, Kenny Omega defending the uh, world title against Don Ca- uh, against Don Callis, uh, Orange Cassidy and Pack, which is one of the main storylines. The Bucks feuding with Moxley and Kingston, uh, the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle feuding doing. Uh, Doing the uh, stadium stampede. Um, we also have uh, Hikaru Shido defending against Britt Baker. Thank God, I cannot wait for that. Um, Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo. There's a lot going on in this card, so why don't we just get right into it and let's just see who I believe is going to win this Sunday at Double or Nothing. We will start with the kickoff show, the buy-in, so to speak. This was announced on Wednesday. Serena Deeb, the NWA Women's Champion, will be defending the title against Riho. Um, Serena Deeb is the clear winner in this. Uh, I believe that they're really still trying to build up Deeb, maybe for an eventual match against Thunder Rosa in NWA. Um, But I think uh, Serena Deeb will retain. It's pretty clear that she will. Next, let's go to the Casino Battle Royal. The winner will get a future AEW Championship match. We have Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta El Cerro Miedo, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Evil Uno, Cole Cabana, Preston Vance, a.k.a. 10, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Comordo, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and the Joker, who is to be announced. That is the mystery, uh, the mystery competitor. Now I know it might be a little obvious, but I think it's going to be Christian Cage. Um, he was doing something with Kenny Omega earlier this year when he debuted for AEW. I think this is a good way to get him in a feud with Kenny Omega, a nice TV feud, and then it could be another notch in Kenny's belt of opponents he's beaten. Um, who I think the um, the mystery opponent could, uh, mystery competitor could be. Um, I honestly have no clue. I really have no clue. Um, but I'd have to imagine maybe it's somebody from Impact, maybe it's somebody from from New Japan. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I really don't know if he'll show up. I'll say Eddie Edwards. Why not? I mean, Impact. It, we need to see. We need to start seeing some more Impact guys and girls appearing on AEW. And we need to start seeing more AEW guys and girls show up on Impact. So I'll say Eddie Edwards. Fuck it. He's probably doing nothing at the moment. I I have no idea. Uh, Next up, we have Hikaru Shida defending the AEW Women's Championship against Dr. Britt Baker. DMD Britt Baker has to win this match. I am going with Britt Baker. I've been saying for for well over a year and a half now that, that Britt Baker should be the one to be AEW Women's Champion. Britt Baker has been the face of the AEW Women's Division, AEW Women's Division for a long time. She has the best character. She works so smooth and so great in the ring. She has the best charisma. It's got to be Britt. It's got to be Britt. And if it isn't, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. Because I think she just held the title long enough. She's held it for almost a year at this point. And I believe if she does win, it could result in some heat for her. I mean... It's going to be a full-capacity crowd. Britt Baker is probably going to be the babyface of the crowd going into this. So, yeah, Britt Baker for the win. Next up, we have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage in a straight-up singles match. Now, I was thinking about this one, thinking that 
Brian Cage could possibly take the win here to kind of for long um, Hangman Page into to be the challenger for the world title. Um, but I'm going to go with Hangman Page here. Um, I think you can still delay that whole thing with him having losses on uh, TV. So And also, Brian Cage got a victory over him on Dynamite. So I say we're going to get Hangman Adam Page versus uh, Hangman Adam Page with the victory here uh, this Sunday at Double or Nothing. Next up, we have Miro. Uh, <laughs> I On Wikipedia right now, as I'm reading this, it's hilarious. It's Miro or Dante Martin. No way is it going to be Dante Martin. Miro versus Lance Archer um, for the TNT, uh, TNT Championship. Um, this it looks like a really great matchup, but I feel bad for Lance Archer. It's not going to be him. It's going to be Miro. Miro just won the championship recently, and it should be a it should be a fun fucking hoss fight. Should be a lot of fun. So I'm going to go with uh, Miro to retain. Next up, we have Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in a tag team match. This one is a little harder to predict um, because. This is going to be Sting's first match in front of a live audience since 2015, since his match with Seth Rollins. Um, you could say Sting and Darby Allen, sh- uh, Sting's probably going to get the easy victory here. But you also argue that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page probably need the win more. So I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page because I feel like there could be more in this story. Um, also, you really need to solidify them as a top act as the top top guys um so i'm gonna go with scorpio sky and ethan page and sting and darby allen will be fine you know i think darby can take the pin it doesn't really matter here uh well what else do we have next up we have cody rhodes versus anthony agogo um this one's very hard to tell very hard to predict as well considering it's anthony agogo has been looked brooked very very well in dynamite uh, he really should win, and he's probably going to do really, really well. But then again, this is Cody Rhodes we're talking about. It's Cody's show. Um, not to say like you know anything bad about Cody. I like Cody. Um, but I also feel like because they've been doing the whole thing with America this, America that, I think people kind of expect Anthony Agogo to win. And I think Cody will probably win. That's my thinking here. I think people won't expect Sting and Darby to lose. That's why I picked Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. So, and people are expecting Anthony Gogo to win. So that's why I'm kind of going with Cody Rhodes because Cody honestly could win. You know, he he could win. I, I don't know. Um, next, let's go with the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. Um. The Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood versus the Inner Circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Ortiz. If the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. This is another really hard one, um, but I'm going to go with the Inner Circle here. Um, a bit of 50-50 booking, sure, but ultimately this feud is to make MJF look like a bigger star than he already is. Eventually, Jericho and MJF are going to have another singles match, and I think this is the win to give the Inner Circle because the Pinnacle have mostly had the upper hand of the Inner Circle this entire time. So I'm going to go with the Inner Circle here. This kind of gets them their win, and then the Pinnacle um, 
MJF will get his um, his win down the line. Maybe they'll do like a beatdown angle to to take Chris Jericho away. Who knows? Next, we have Kenny Omega defending the AEW World Championship against Orange Cassidy and Pac in a three-way match. This is a very easy one to call. Kenny Omega will retain. This should be a fun, really great match considering the history between Kenny Omega and Pac and the history between Pac and Orange Cassidy. So it should be really fun, but Kenny Omega to retain here. And last but certainly not least... Possibly could be the main event. There are a lot of matches here that could be the main event. Inner Circle versus Pentacle could be the main event. Uh, Omega versus Pac versus Cassidy versus, uh, could be the main event. But I'm thinking this could possibly be the main event here. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson of the Elite versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, this one is very, very hard to call as well. Um... Say the Bucks are on a tear right now, and they necessarily, maybe they shouldn't get the titles off of them right now. Um, Moxley and Eddie Kingston have been doing really well as a tag team. I've been enjoying their stuff together, their partnership since they've gotten back together as friends, kayfabe, on uh, in uh, at Revolution. I really, really don't know. It's it's not it's a toss up here. Um. I love the Young Bucks. I love Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm I'm gonna say John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, because here's how I see this. All right, we're only. I feel like for fans to return in attendance, we need to see some really big stuff happen. We do need to see some title changes. Um, Kenny's whole thing is you know he's the bell collector. He's not gonna lose the title for a long time. Uh, she just held the title for over a year. Britt Baker should definitely win it. Miro just lost, he just won the title. I don't think we're going to see him lose anytime soon. Um, I think we need a really great babyface moment of a championship being changed. So I can see Moxley and Eddie Kingston winning the championships. And then again, I can see the Bucks just straight up retaining and cheating to win. But I'm going to go Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley. Um, yeah. Kingston and Moxley to walk out as the new AEW Tag Team Champions. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Um, what are your thoughts for Double or Nothing? I'll be putting out some polls before this weekend uh, to determine what you think your what do you think the best match is going to be? What's your favorite match you're looking forward to? Are you excited for Double or Nothing? Are you excited for fans to return? in Daly's place in a full capacity. Do you think it's too soon? Let me know at TNAWP on Twitter and at CJ underscore 1214 on Twitter. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening once again. uh, Please be sure to be listening to my other podcast, Fan Speculation. Anywhere you can find it, Apple, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter at Fan Speculation, on Twitter at Fan Speculation underscore pod on Instagram. Once you're done listening to this, go ahead over and listen to Fan Speculation. If you've listened to Fan Speculation already, thank you so much in listening to this. And you're li- so thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, and please, again, please be sure to listen to my band, Hollow Heroes, on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, wherever you get your fine music formats. It don't matter to me as long as you're listening, as long as you're supporting. All love, and I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you guys once again for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time.